Welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm your host, Yang Pratt, and each week we'll explore ways in which the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. I'll be sharing ways the arts can propel your child's learning and interviewing top artists, educators, and entrepreneurs. These guests will share why the arts are so very important to your child, along with actionable ideas you can easily implement into your already busy schedule. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Welcome back to the Raising Smart Kids 2.0 podcast. I wanted to hop on today to share my interview with Julie Ford of Jewels of Life. It was such a great interview, and I think I could have talked to her for hours and hours. And you'll hear in the interview that Julie and I just barely connected just a few weeks ago at a live event and really feels like we have known each other for so, so long. So let me introduce you to Julie. Julie Ford of Jewels of Life describes herself as a blender of roles. Her biographical smoothie includes business owner, certified life coach with a focus on intentional parenting and chaos mitigation. She's an author, a mom of two daughters, a wife to an entrepreneurial hubby, a kitchen dancer, a shower and car singer, problem solver, flower bed weeder, and an occasional bobcat John Deere grasshopper operator. She uses song, dance, video, social media, and general shenanigans to connect with her kids. Her secret weapons are habits, routines that serve, and making contribution fun. She loves writing, creating in-the-moment parodies that entertain while getting a point across to her kids, and channeling her inner Latin dancer while in the grocery store. People follow her at networking events because she connects people in her vivacious wake. Her kids, artists themselves, describe her as awesomely out there. A mark Julie hopes to leave on the world is to help parents enjoy every stage of parenting before confidently emptying the nest. As you can tell from this amazing bio, Julie is full of life, and I cannot wait to share her tips and tricks on parenting intentionally with you on the interview. Our very special guest today is Julie Ford of Jewels of Life. Now, Julie and I connected recently at a live event put on by one of my mentors, and we just connected instantly, and I am so thrilled to have you on the show today, Julie. Oh, me too. Me too, Young. It was one of those, like, I see you. Yes, <laughs> she's, she's one of my people. I have yes. to talk to her. <laughs> yes. So did I miss anything in your bio that you want to tell our listeners about? Um, I don't think so. If I, th- if I think of something, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it as we go. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So I want to kind of go back to the beginning about how you started on this path and how you started working with parents and, and kids and what that looked like. What, what was your why for starting this business? Okay. My, my why has evolved actually. Um, when I started coaching, I was working in the professional services firm realm and I know I loved ongoing learning. Um, in fact, 
Um, you know, I, I started coaching in 1998 mm-hmm. and it was while I was working in a professional services firm and I wasn't quite sure how I wanted to, to work with folks, but it was in transitions, you know, in different transitions. It evolved from, you know, leaving a marriage and starting something new, leaving a job and starting something new. And it kept evolving. And, and as I had my own you know, problems, as we talk about problem solving, as I, I had my own problems, I found ways to transition through them. And coaching was such an integral part of that, um, that then I started, um, you know, after, after I left my job, it was, it was actually 15 years ago last mm-hmm. month that um, I worked for Arthur Anderson. And they paid for my coaching and, and everything. And when I moved through um, that transition, I was nine months pregnant when we were all let go. Wow. And so yesterday my daughter turned 15. And so it was, it was quite a transition to go from working with all those people uh, and having lunch with 350 people who spoke different mm-hmm. languages all day to this little person. And mm-hmm. so uh, then I realized, though, after becoming a mom and they let me take the kid home, <laughs> that, you know, like, really? Seriously? I get to keep her? Um, that it was such a gigantic thing that I didn't want anybody else raising her. So how am I going to make that happen? How am I going to parent really intentionally so that I can and my household entrepreneurial at the time can really be a part of these you know, small, I have two children now to be a part of their lives. Um, and making that happen, a lot of intentional things had to come into play. Uh, what do we want? Starting with the end in mind, what do we want it to look like? And I found that a lot of people, uh, you know, myself included, when we fly by the seats of our pants without having some intention, something to root it, um, we, we get crazy busy. We lose our intentionality and um, and we lose time and energy when that happens. So that's when I, it was 07 that I wrote the book and I published it last year, but it was called Creating Time and Energy. And it's a, it's a workbook I go back to every um, every three months or so. So working with parents because they are one of the biggest groups to get really crazy busy because they're mm-hmm. not only dealing with their own needs, but dealing with the needs of all who are in their care. And sometimes that even includes elders, you know. So all of that um, puts us at this point of breaking sometimes. And so it's getting back to what matters most, getting back to what matters most and being kind and gentle with that that group. Um, because if we don't really care for our next generation, you know, I impose upon not just the parents, but also their employers, because I work with corporations as well. Who are we going to hire? Yes. If we don't, if we don't have folks who are actually, um, and you and I talked about this a little bit, who walk into a room and say, how can I help? Mm-hmm. And so they walk into a room, they walk into a community, they walk into home in their family, they walk into school and see something and say, I can make an effect on that. How, how can I help? And really start working together to problem solve. We're going to be in a world of hurt if we don't start raising folks that aren't just direction followers that are actually going to take it and seize that problem and say, yes, I can do this. No, I absolutely agree that what we do with our kids every day, the programs we enroll them in, it's all in preparation for what's out there. So everything right. that we pay for, it's never really, we're just in its an expenditure. It becomes an investment. We're yes. Investing in yeah. what we feel our children need and those right. qualities, our leadership, service, all of those really important character building skills that mm-hmm. they are going to need as they leave our nests and go out right. into the world. Yeah, as they leave ready. And yes. that's, yeah. that's the, and I, I focus a lot on enjoying every stage 
because if we're just, you know, constantly thinking about, well, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, that, the other thing in the future, enjoying every stage because it goes so quickly. Uh, you know, we were reminded that yesterday, my husband created this montage for my, my daughter's 15th birthday mm-hmm. and looking at, that seemed like yesterday, but that was 15 years ago. And look at her now, like then, now it, it is so fast. And so enjoying each stage instead of going, oh, they've got the terrible twos. We've got, oh, your kids are teenagers, both girls, you poor guy, you know, and he's like, no, I, I love them. That's great. They're fun, you know, um, and enjoying those. Yeah, absolutely. I I have the same scenario. We have two girls and one is 13 and one is 10 and they're both going to be celebrating birthdays summer. So definitely mm-hmm. having those tween teens in right. the house, there's lots of stuff going on and there's frustration that kind of comes up. But the word that you keep referring to that I love is intention and parenting intentionally. Can you talk a little bit more about what that means to you and how parents can really start living and parenting intentionally? Um, well, I think the, the key to that is is communication between both parents. And and I say that, and some people think I'm making the assumption that all parents are married, and I know that they're not. Um, but most especially when they're, they're not, um, it, having that parenting partnership so that, that you're on the same page and that um, regardless of, you know, I never give anybody a prescription for you need to care about these things. Um, that's within them and they have to agree upon those things or at least compromise about what they believe about those things so that they can prevent, prevent, present a united front with their kids and, um, and, and move forward and have that foundation of what matters to their, their core values to go back to and say, here are some things that are really important to us. And the reason why we're having discord right now is because these needs, these things that matter most to us aren't actually being honored or met. So how can we make some adjustments so that we can get back into integrity with them? Um, And so that's going to really help with choosing intentionally Mm -hmm. rather than being reactive, being really proactive. Like we're going to say no and here's why. And teaching the kids the reason mom and dad said no is because of this. We truly value this and it doesn't match. So they can listen. And do the same as they move forward because it's hard making choices. We live in a sea of choice with every subject. We could come up with a menu of choices that we could make, that kids could make. And while that is lovely, it's also really hard to live in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and you had mentioned that being able to teach our kids to make those good choices and, mm-hmm. and to to grow up embracing the values we set forth for them because every family will have different values but across the board right well there are certainly things all parents want for their kids such as confidence and joy and happiness and all these great things but it all starts with those values and setting that attention from day one or even resetting it every day just Right. So we can win the day. That's what we call it by end of day. Is it mom? Did you win the day? <laughs> yeah, I think I won the day. How about you? Did you win the day? <laughs> yeah, no. And that's great. I actually, on a previous podcast, I interviewed a lovely woman called Lenise Lavelle and she runs a Facebook group called my name is not mommy. And we talked about at the end of the day, maybe there's some sort of ritual you do with your kids. And we even talked about, wouldn't it be cool if you had a little journal at the end of each day with your kids and you just say something about what you appreciated about them, going back to your values, that how important it is for them to understand that even in the heat of things, 
that we care for them and we're not mad at them. We're just maybe mad at the situation or right. the choice they've made. But really, so it solidifies again, like you said, those values. It solidifies your intention. So, so right. maybe that's some, something people can take away from today is, yeah, what is the intention and how are we going to make sure that our kids know about that? And how are, how are they going to know they're winning in our right? Yeah, precisely. Excellent. So good stuff, y'all. Yeah. So I, I want to dive into about parenting and the arts. And, you know, parents and kids are so busy these days. There are mm -hmm. no shortage of activities or right. clubs they can join. So why do you feel that the arts in particular are so critical for children's development these days? Well, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. There are so many things that are already completely structured and so many activities that they could be in. Um, and a lot of people think of the arts as just, you know, sort of floaty and woo-woo and out there. And yet there's so much that's <laughs> analytical about arts, too, that, you know, it, it can help remove them from that busyness and take them into this different way of thinking. It can take them, you know, deeply into the creative and, and you know, problem solving and working through what's in their hearts. Um, I think I, I told you about, um, you know, it can also be an emotional outlet. I told you about my daughter who... Um, who both my daughters are singers and they've loved singing since they were really little, but now they've really taken it to a new level. But at bedtime, my 15 year old will, um, she'll kind of sing out her day. So she will either compose something new or she will work something out on the piano that she heard and she wants to get, you know, she can play by ear. And so she will, she will go through the day and she's very mathematical and so mm -hmm. is composing and playing, um, you know, playing the piano and things like that. Um, so she, um, you know, she ends her day that way and, and puts things in perspective for her and it gives her that outlet where sometimes there is no other outlet that exists. Mm -hmm. um, and my other daughter is, is way into um, do it yourself projects. And so she'll see something that might be missing either in her room. She loves to decorate her room, even for every season. Um, she's 12 and a half. And, mm -hmm. you know, she can she can do things like um, whip up a, a Kleenex box out of a mason jar. Or she can, um, <laughs> you know, and, and she, she paints it all up. And she's like, and now I have a gift. I didn't have a gift before, and now I have a gift. So mm -hmm. she's all about the, did you see what I made out of nothing? And it wasn't out of nothing. It was out of things that we have in our house. But she'll see garbage. <laughs> like recyclables and so we're like no no don't throw that out I I can make something out of that so and um you know mama I need Mod Podge that will go through the dishwasher and I'm like I'm not even sure why but let's find <laughs> some right you know um so different things that she'll look up and you know both of my kids love to take like funky looking food and you know find ways to combine it they have all kinds of books on how to make a cupcake mm -hmm. that looks like spaghetti and meatballs or you know <laughs> things like that and and so they just really i think it's it's critical for the kids to see art in the world to mm -hmm. see um to see it in nature to see it in their home to see it in um to even see it in garbage, okay? They'll see something and be like, can you see what that, that is amazing that a flower grew up through that pile of rusty stuff. Look at how beautiful that is. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. And so there are so many takeaways from that conversation. Yeah. You know, what I hear you saying is that art teaches kids to be resourceful. Oh, yeah. And problem solve and look at a situation and say, this is how it is now. 
this is how I'm going to transform it. Right. And then, a, and, B. Yeah. And as a way to process through the day. I love that your daughter mm-hmm. sings her day sort of as her ritual at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Yeah. Kind of recounts it. So, you know, some kids, some parents like to journal. But I love that she uses song and rhythm and meter and all those mathematical skills mm-hmm. to process throughout. Yeah. The day. She puts her head to bed. You know, it's a matter of. Yeah. You know, I know some people, they would play solitaire or something like that because the numbers all, but there, it is really numbers and all of that when you're doing, when you're composing and, and, and singing and, and things like that. So she loves it. Absolutely. And I, I've done a couple of previous episodes of the podcast where I talk about what you said, that there's art in everything. Mm-hmm. When you step outside the door, it's a world of wonder and we have to just be open to seeing it. And yeah. And like you said, it could be a rusty pile of junk, but that one singular flower pops up through there. But that's a beautiful way that this, you know, this little flower wants to show itself to us. Mm-hmm. And it makes this beautiful artistic scene. So, yes, thank you for talking about, you know, being open to seeing it everywhere because it mm-hmm. truly is everywhere. Sometimes it's hard. You have to look past the messes and the chaos mm-hmm. of the house and the chaos of the day. But it's out there if we are just open to seeing it. Right. Absolutely. Right. So I want to talk about another life skill that, you know, is one of the reasons I continue to teach classes after 16 years. And it's the notion of arts building leaders and leaders, mm-hmm. especially for the next generation. We talked briefly about it earlier, but yeah. how do you feel that arts can develop these future leaders? Um, I, I think when, when kids see how they can get stretched, by something in art you know, I, I often hear kids say, well, I'm not, um, I'm not a leader or I'm not an artist. Yes. And um, when you put something in front of them and say, well, I'll just try just, or you give an, op- an opportunity and you put them in front of uh, my, my, my youngest daughter, when she was, I said, like I said, they both sing. And when she was really little, um, she was petrified to be on stage, absolutely petrified. And I knew that at home in the living room, she had some pipes and she could just, you know, (laughs) she could, she could rap something that was supposed to be a classical tune, Mm -hmm. you know, and she was able to goof it up and in a good way and, and, you know, really, really bring her personality forward. You put her in front of an audience and all of a sudden she would freeze. Well, something switched within her and she was able to to come out of that. And I'm not sure what it was that switched, but she was quite young. So when she was 11 years old, we we took her to a coffee house and she had the switch had already happened. And so here was this expectation of all of the coffee house goers that she was, oh, she's so cute. I'm going to have to give some, you know, uh, you know, obligatory applause because we'll just give her a chance. And Mm -hmm. she got up there, took the mic and she's like, so how's everybody doing tonight? You know, and she had the whole banter thing yeah. down. And so I started opening and then she, um, she sang the song just to accompaniment with ukulele. My other daughter was playing. Um, she sang the big black horse and the cherry tree, which is a kind of a powerhouse song. And by the end, uh, everybody in the coffee house kind of looked like that old Memorex commercial where they kind of get blown away with the, you know, <laughs> the, the, um, the sound because, you know, as she hit those last notes of you're not the one for me. I mean, here she was 11. She's a slight little thing, you know, and she just looked like I got this and it, that that art form then brought her into a place where I can stand in front of people I now have a voice that speaks to people my art can speak mm-hmm. to people I can say things in between the set list songs and 
those people took pause. Yes. Those people stopped and they thought a minute, like, wow, you know, who knows what was going through their head, but it might've been, you know, I asked her one time, what do you think people are thinking? And, you know, they might be thinking, I can't do that. And here's this little girl doing that. So maybe I should try. Yes, absolutely. To be leading by example and to sort of yeah. step into your authentic self. And I think that goes back to you as a parent and really talking about giving your kids these opportunities. Mm -hmm. so I'm sure the switch happened because you weren't forcing it, but you gave her opportunities to go to the mm -hmm. class, to do these things. And I'm sure her teachers also were giving her opportunities. Right to step outside her comfort zone. Because as we know as adults and business owners that often when we step into the fear is when the biggest breakthroughs come. Yeah. So I, I love this story that she was able to get up there at 11 right. and on the stage. And I know, and you know that the people in this room, probably 90% of them, there is no way right. that they're and even speak a sentence, let alone belt out an entire song in front of an audience. Right. Right. It was, it, yeah, it was an amazing thing, but they, they do, they, they cultivate the arts, you know, cultivate those, um, those skills, that confidence when someone says, Hey, you made that pot or, you know, that painting there. Wow. That is powerful. Um, you know, it gives them another way to speak and be heard. Yes, absolutely. So we talked about this in the, before we hopped on the call today, we talked about the notion of, People sometimes think of art as one particular thing. It's a painting, right. it's a dance, it's a this. How would you define art to the people listening to the show today? Oh, wow. It, it, is, it is everywhere. Um, it's a method of expression and problem solving and um, a creative way to move from A to B. It might be emotional. It might be, it might be physical um, to take something and, and decide – um, you know, my mom was always good at this where she, we rearrange a room and all of a sudden she would see something and say, you know what, um, that could be a TV stand instead of a diaper changing station. <laughs> yes. I love that. Now it's a game table. And so she, her creativity was there. And while I wouldn't necessarily peg my mom with artist, she sure was in being able to bring function Mm -hmm. uh, and, and beauty because the house always looked great, but I'm like, where did we get that thing? You know, all of a sudden I'd come home from school and it would be moved and it would be repurposed for something else. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Where, I, why did you think of that? Well, I needed a thing and I wasn't going to go buy one and we had a thing. So I made it there, you know? <laughs> yeah. My husband and my kids laughed because I'll, I'll do the same thing and I'll, and I'll see this future thing from this piece of junk. Yeah. You know, my kids are getting to be like that now too, where they'll see it. Like my youngest is 10. So she still loves dollies and, and the mm -hmm. food that comes with dolls, but we'll go to the store and you know, she has her own money and she'll see the price tag and she'll say, mama, I think I can just make that myself. I can make that. Oh, exactly. That's great. I love that. We Beautiful. can have some inspiration someplace and then create the thing we wanted to get yes. and more satisfied because there's that pride in knowing that we did it ourselves. Right. And it's the right color. It's the right size. Exactly. It's, yeah. You can make it exactly how you want it. So it sounds like our kids need to meet someday. Cause I right. think so much in common. <laughs> right. We would never see them. Yeah. People, you know, immediately. So at some point we'll have to, to get them together. So, so before we hop off today, I wanted to ask you for one piece of advice for parents. 
everyone listening, like you said in the beginning, there's a lot of stuff going on. We maybe we're not parenting intentionally. Maybe we're not living intentionally yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, right. You know, how do we take this notion of parenting intentionally and imbuing the arts into that? So what's one thing they could walk away with today and implement and make it happen to see that next beautiful thing? You know, when I looked at art enrichment for, for my kids when they were really little, we put together things for them um, because we, meaning my husband and I, we looked at, you know, how do we want them to learn and grow? What do we want to put in front of them? And um, he and I wouldn't have pegged ourselves as artists. Both of us are creative in different, different ways. Um, but really looking at what does art enrichment mean to you, your family, your, you and your spouse um, and a parenting partner. And, uh, you know, take the, the time and the energy available to you to make little things happen um, where that's concerned. Um, you know, it m- doesn't necessarily mean putting them in every class uh, because you might not have the time, energy, or, or financial resources to do that. And a lot of times those are really rigid. Um, giving them free playtime and the supplies to do it. So it might be having, you know, gathering supplies and just let, giving them the space to do it. And having, when I say space, I mean space in time. And also maybe even if you can afford to, to carve out a space in your home where you can just shut the door in case the project's not finished. Because <laughs> a lot of times we have issues with mess. I know I do. Yes. And so if that project isn't totally done and it's dinner time, it creates stress. And so you don't even want to start. So in that case, make it a space that it's either okay, an old table, that if something gets spilled on it, who cares? Or um, a space to create where you have old clothes that they can put on in various ways and create a drama or provide them with music that these days that's so easy with playlists and things like that. We have so much at our fingertips Um, or letting them have culinary art experiences, just bring them in next to you next with a chair and keep them safe for their age. And, and, but providing those opportunities that are with you in everyday experiences, rather than saying, Oh, well, we need to outsource our art enrichment, make it an everyday thing, point out something on your commute to, to school, to daycare, to, to wherever and say, you know what, look at that. It's absolutely gorgeous. I wonder what it took that tulip to find its way through the rusty thing. And how did, who planted it there? Was it a squirrel? Cause, or was it years and years ago, there was a tulip farm there, you know, so let's use our creative minds to figure out how the beautiful thing got there and to talk about those things, even in our busy times. And that's such a, yeah, so lovely. And I, and I love that we're talking about giving kids the freedom mm-hmm. and the opportunity to experience. It doesn't have to be anything special. It can just be with what you have. And in another episode, I actually interviewed Natalie Renee Hayes, and she talks about creating beautiful kids' smart spaces. And how yeah. even, even with no budget, you can yep. take what you have now and create a dedicated space where the kids feel like they have the opportunity to do it whenever they want. And maybe yeah. maybe they won't feel like it today, but tomorrow, yeah, they might spend two hours there. But to have a space where you can keep it clutter-free and ways to organize that so they know they are, you know, it's, it's open for them to create and there's no limits on what it is they can they can right. do with when they're done. You want a kid to freak out? Give them a space on a wall to actually paint and create whatever they want. And, and then they'll freak out further if you actually sit down on the floor and do it with them. 
Yeah, absolutely. They'll be like, I didn't know you could paint. Yes. (laughs) I don't know if I can, but I will. I love that. And now they have that great chalkboard paint you can put on Mm -hmm. the wall and the dry erase paint. So you can actually draw a picture. I hadn't heard of that. But yeah, even hang a canvas. I know you can get all sorts of canvases. Yeah. You can wipe whatever it is. I think there's lots of options, but I love that. Even just in a little corner, a little space this mm-hmm. big, you can draw pictures for each other, leave notes back and right. forth, and just have that be the creative space, even if space is an issue. There's always a place that you can you can right. just for those special things to happen. Absolutely. I agree, Young. So yeah, Julie, what a, what a you have been such a wealth of information, and I know you have so much more to share. If my listeners want to reach out to you and find out more about what you do and the services you offer, where can they find you? You know what? If they want to schedule a time to even talk with me, mm-hmm. my website is jewelsoflife.com, and that's J-U-L-Z as in zebra, O-F. L-I-F-E as in life is good.com. And there's a purple button in the upper right. And if you click on that, um, you can contact me and have a little bit of time with me. Um, other than that, I am available at Jewels of Life, the same thing on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. And I give creative conversations on Instagram so that we can, um, twice a week, you can have a, a question to ask your kids that will not yield fine out of their mouths instead of yeah instead of how was your day good fine (laughs) no these are like you can't give a one-word answer to some of these things so um so they're called cool kid convos and they're great for parents too so on instagram go check those out and always leave a comment with what your kids said or at least what you said because i love reading them (laughs) that's amazing yeah i'm sure you get some very comical things back on there Absolutely. Some people are afraid and they'll private message me. And I'm like, oh, come on, be bold. Put it out there. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. I will make sure that all of those links to all of your social media and to your website are also in the show notes. So people literally click from our website directly to you to reach out and ask questions and connect with you further. Fantastic. Yeah, I just want to thank you so much for hopping on. We've known each other now for two weeks, and I feel like I've known you for far longer than that. We just have this amazing connection. So I want to thank you for your time and the awesome work that you're doing with parents to help them live intentionally. It was absolutely my pleasure, Young. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Raising Smart Kids 2.0 podcast. To really accelerate your ability to unleash your child's superpowers and raise smarter kids through the arts, we're creating loads of new resources, ways to connect, and ways to celebrate your successes. You can join our free Facebook community by visiting theartsmartparent.com or just search up Raising Smart Kids 2.0 on Facebook. I look forward to seeing you inside our community.